You've tuned in to localjobnetwork.com radio where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Job Search Guide, a show where we get tips and tricks from experts on how you can land your next job. And today we're exploring how to identify if you're in the right career and then ultimately how to find that ideal career for you. And joining us to explore this topic is Hallie Crawford, founder of Create Your Career Path and Certified Career Coach. Hallie, thanks for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Now, before we really dive into this topic specifically, I was just wondering if you could share with our listeners what your experience has been with finding your ideal career. So I was one of those people who in college did not visit the Career Center whatsoever (laughs) and on graduation day thought, "Uh uh-oh, what am I going to do? And I had about five different jobs before I was 26, Mm -hmm. major job hopper. And I actually took a workshop from a career coach at that time to define what I wanted to do. And I wrote a career mission statement. And from there, determined I wanted to be a career coach, started my own business when I was 28 and been doing it ever since. So as we move into ideal careers, and you obviously found the ideal career for you, but how do you know if you're just not in that right career? Yeah, there are lots of ways to tell. And I always tell people, if you feel like or have the sense that you're not in the right career, you need to kind of take a moment and really think about it and figure out, okay, wait, is this just a passing phase? Are you working on a project that just is really making you unhappy? Or has this been long-term dissatisfaction? Let's say more than like three months. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's kind of how you know. If you dread going to work in the morning and it's every single day, not just maybe one or two days a week, but it's every single day, you're hitting the snooze button often. And even more so if you feel like you have to become someone else at work, Mm -hmm. if the job is not aligned with who you are as a person, what your values are, for example, and you can't be yourself there, or if you're not using on a regular basis your talents and skills, those are some possible clues that you're not in the right fit. So once you've kind of identified that you're unhappy where you are and it's not just a passing phase, how do you know when it's really truly that time to move on? I mean, once you identify this, you just kind of jump ship or do you really kind of take your time and plan it out? Yeah, it would be great, right? If we could just like move into the next thing right away. And I always tell people, so it's a great question. I always tell people to be realistic about it Mm -hmm. and take a step back because I find that very often people are are incredibly emotional about this. When you're unsatisfied at work, it's a really tough situation, understandably. And so I always want them first to take a step back and be rational and practical about it. Take the emotion out of it and say, okay, what is the right fit for me? And really think through, even make a list. Here are the top 10 things I know I want to have in a job based on what you've liked at your current position and even previous ones and also what you've disliked so that you can be really practical and rational about it. And I always say to, yes, take your time so that you're not just jumping, you know, from the frying pan into the fire, that you really want to think it through. So the next move for you is right one. So when you're making this list of what you like and kind of what you dislike, should you really be focusing on your work or should you be looking at the employer itself and the atmosphere there and your colleagues or should it be more about you and what you were directly doing? Well, that's a really good question. And actually, it's all of the above. So. For example, when we work with our clients, there's a career model that we use, and it has eight pieces on it, eight Mm -hmm. things to consider to know the right path for you. And 
One of them is the right work environment. So culture and the right organization and and company and making sure that it fits with your personality, it's a critical piece, as well as your direct role. So again, are you using your talents and skills? Because that will lead to greater fulfillment for you. And the people that you work with as well. So you need to think about the people, the work environment, the tasks you most like to perform. You've got to include salary and compensation, right? Because we've Mm -hmm. got to be practical. But you also want to include fulfillment and things like work-life balance too. So it's actually both. There's a lot to think about. That is a lot to think about. And before you move on from your current role or position, having that list and kind of a plan together, I think it is really necessary for it to be smooth and as least stressful as possible. Yes. So what is the first step that someone should take when they're looking to discover their ideal career? I mean, do you just kind of browse the internet, see what's out there, or do you really look internally in yourself at what you're good at and what you like? Well, I hate to keep saying it's both and all of the above, but it's actually both. So I always suggest to people, you do that self-reflection and look internally first Mm -hmm. and then do the research because the research on the internet and also talking with people, for example, in informational interviews to learn about different paths, those are critical, but you kind of, you need to know a little bit of your direction before you do those things. So you don't sound like you're all over the place. Mm -hmm. Some questions you could ask yourself in order to know the right path would be things like, how do you define success? And identify those things that are most important to in a job, like we talked about before, the people, work environment, et cetera. I always encourage people to look at even past jobs they've had, but also volunteer work, or if they served on a board or classes they took in college, in order to identify things that they've enjoyed doing in the past. That can help you with that list. Then at that point, I always tell people, come up with a list of keywords. And the way that you can do this is it can be a list of interests that you have, of talents that you have, and do online research using those keywords. So you could Google, and this sounds really basic, I know, but you could Google careers in financial analysis or whatever it is that talent or skill is or that interest. And just do some research, spend a few hours on it. There are also some really good career brainstorming websites that not a lot of people know about. One is mypursuit.com. Another one is onet, O-N-E-T, center.org. And those are two sites that you can use to brainstorm possible ideas. And then after that, once you've, you know, kind of identified, okay, these are two or three paths I'm interested in, then you can go talk with people and conduct informational interviews to learn a little bit more. So when you're kind of working through this process, because it definitely sounds like a process that you kind of have to take step by step, what challenges do most people face? I would say there are several. One is that you might feel desperate. So if you're at the point, and normally people get to the point of leaving their job when they're just so fed up with it that Mm -hmm. they really do, you know, want to just move into something else tomorrow and they feel really desperate and frustrated. I always recommend to them, that's where we need to kind of take a step back and be rational about it. So the feeling desperate is one challenge. A second one is you are so unhappy in your job that it's hard to think creatively and think about what you want instead because you know, your energy is just being sucked into that. Getting talked into a job or into another career path by someone else that they think it's a good idea. I've heard a lot of clients or a lot of people have that issue. Two other things would be the fear of making a change is completely understandable. Our jobs pay our bills, right? Mm -hmm. People get concerned about it. And then negative thinking. I could never have that job. It seems like a pipe dream. So negative thinking, um, I kind of want to focus on that for a while. And 
this is a huge thing. You're essentially making a huge career change. And that self-doubt and that negative thinking, I have to imagine, must be a huge challenge for people to overcome, especially when you're looking at your dreams, hopes, and aspirations and careers that you never thought that you could actually do. So how do you really battle that negative thinking and ensure that you stay positive? It's a great question because nine times out of 10, when we ask people what is standing in their way of them making a change, they say themselves. So this negative thinking and fear is a biggie. So a couple things you can do is number one, set up a team of support of people who can help you through the tough times, be a cheerleader for you, friends and family members. So I kind of call it your career dream team. Mm -hmm. Ask two or three people, can you help me with this? And you can call them when you're feeling frustrated or down. The second thing is to really just face the fears head on, but look at them objectively and say, oh, yeah, that's that fear that's coming up. Instead of letting it run the show kind of in your own head, look at it, journal about it, write it down, decide, okay, am I going to listen to this or am I not? So if you can kind of pull it out of your own head and look at it objectively, it will help you manage it better. And then you can push them aside and say, okay, I'm not going to listen to this. And even better, come up with affirmations, like what do I want to think or say to myself instead? I really like your kind of phrase there, your career dream team. And I think that is a huge help and benefit for people that are going through this. And I do want to kind of switch gears here a little bit. And we've touched on this slightly, but I want to dive into it more. And that's kind of talking about your natural talents and abilities. And how much should you really take these into consideration, even if they really haven't been utilized in your current job or career? First of all, I always tell people that you want to be focusing on those talents and abilities that you want to still use because okay. I've got plenty of people that say, I'm great at Excel spreadsheets, for example, and I'm sick of it. You know, people always come to me for them and I can't deal with it anymore. So it's always only those ones that, you know, you want to use. Now, if you haven't used the talents and skills in a while that you would like to continue to use going forward, you need to figure out a way to brush up on them again. Do you need to take a class? Do you need to, you know, read a book, do an online home study program, something like that? Can you do some volunteer work or freelance work to get back into those, you know, and brush up on those skills again? There are ways to do it. And that tends to hold people back enormously. And I always tell them, find ways to, you know, even if it's just a one-time class and put it on your resume and mention it, it shows that you're taking initiative as well as getting back into that talent and skill. And once you've gone through this process and you've kind of narrowed down what you want to do for your ideal career, I imagine that being committed to this is equally important because this is kind of a lengthy process. And I can't imagine that it's something that you can do in a, a week or two. It might take longer than that. So why is commitment such an important factor and how can you remain committed throughout this entire process? And by the way, you had talked about time frame for people. Normally, if someone is working with us through coaching, so just to give people some sense of parameters, it usually is around the second month. So you want to give yourself at least a couple of months to really vet things out and do the research and self-reflection in order to know the right path. So it's like you said, it's not a weekend, a couple of months. And once you've done that and started to identify, okay, you know, what the right path is, staying committed is critical because of the obstacles we talked about. So you need to set a schedule for yourself. Okay, I'm going to spend X amount of time each week. And I would say at least an hour, ideally two hours on you know, your career transition. Set times to talk with your dream team. I always check in with Joe at, you know, on Thursdays or whatever it is to stay committed. 
have up on your whiteboard or go get a whiteboard, you know, at your home office with a specific timeline and goals you want to achieve. So you have to have your goals be very visible for you and find ways to stay motivated. So talking with people in informational interviews, for example, regularly will help you stay motivated to move on the path. Now, you mentioned goals. What kind of goals should you be setting? You want to say to yourself, okay, for example, based on what I have learned about my ideal career path and the experience I need to gain or the skills I need to brush up on, it's going to take me at least six months to a year to get into that new path. So you want to determine, okay, what's the transition plan and come up with a time frame and say, okay, I'd like to be in my new job by the end of next year, for example. And then you backtrack from that and say, okay, so to make this happen, I need to take this course. I need to find a mentor. I need to apply for these jobs in six months or whatever it is and have a plan for leaving your current job as well. So there's going to be certain milestones along the way in terms of skill set, working on your resume, obviously, and fixing that up so that you can go through the job application process. During this time, is there anything else that you should be doing just to make sure that you're successful? I know we talked about a lot of things, but was there anything that we really didn't hit on today that you'd like to mention? One of the critical things to do is talk to and tell as many people as possible what you're looking for. It's that networking piece. We've all heard it before. You know, everyone finds a job through networking. Mm -hmm. And people tend to be hesitant. I don't want to go talk to people I don't know, or I don't want to go to networking events. You have to get comfortable with networking and talking to people. And it's okay to do it in baby steps. You know, reach mm -hmm. out to one person, go to back to your alumni association. And those are warm leads that, you know, you can find in order to talk with people. But you've got to be willing to put yourself out there. That's the critical piece. Now, as you mentioned networking, it occurred to me, you're doing all of this while you're employed. So how do you kind of tactfully keep this from your employer so they don't know that you're looking to eventually leave them to do something else? So it's going to depend on your employer because some employers are more like, you know, big brother than others. I always advise people with LinkedIn to be careful about, you know, revising their profile. Don't suddenly say I'm looking for a new job, obviously. Mm -hmm. And depending on if your employer looks at it, be careful there. Schedule the phone calls or the meetings that you have on a lunch hour and do them outside the office. Don't work on this on your work computer. Either go buy a personal computer or use yours, bring it to work, take it to Starbucks on your lunch hour or before work, conduct everything outside the office. And if you have to talk with people after hours, that's okay too. But keep all of your documentation and everything on your personal computer as well, just to be careful about it. I think that those are some really good suggestions, but we are unfortunately up against the clock today. And I do want to give you an opportunity here at the end to share any final tips or pieces of advice as it relates to what we've been talking about today with our audience. Stay committed and find ways to get through the challenges because that's usually people will call us one time and then a year later call us again and say, I haven't done anything about it. So don't let the fear stand in your way. You have to stay committed through the process Find those people to be on your team to help you move forward that when you're feeling frustrated or concerned, they can help you. Because like I said at the beginning, nine times out of 10, your biggest obstacle is you. So you have to get out of your own way. And with that final piece of advice, we will wrap up today's episode of Job Search Guide. Hallie, thank you for joining us today and sharing your expert advice. We do appreciate it. No problem. Pleasure to be here. I appreciate it as well. 
Now, if you're looking for more ways to advance your career, head over to algianradio.com. If you'd like us to cover a specific topic, feel free to shoot us an email at algianradio at localjobnetwork.com or send us a tweet at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I wish you the best of luck with your career.